One of the most common questions we ask ourselves these days is how did they not see it? How do people not see that the left is destroying the country, the cities in the country? How do people not see that the woke masks don't work? How do people not see that the injection traveling papers, that this is the end game? It's not about health. I ask myself. I'm asked all the time these questions. Let's explore that today on the Todd Herman Show. Today is the day the Lord has made. And these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Times such as these, it says, of course, in the book of Esther, it is our responsibility to make sense of our times so that we can understand if we are aligned with God's work and what God is doing around us. And so we can decide on how we vote and how we undertake our civic responsibilities. One of the gifts that God has given us is pattern recognition. And pattern recognition is not just being able to recognize physical patterns, so that's a good way to describe it. You know, when you drive to work, you probably take the one or two same ways every time you drive to work. And you can probably tell within a matter of a couple minutes if the pattern of traffic is wrong. And you can probably read into that. And you can probably say, oh, you know what, Broadway, no, 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 no. Traffic's backed up at Broadway. That's going to mean we've got a problem on the freeway. I'm bailing out. I'm going to take this side street. I'm going to take airport where. What are we going to take? Pattern recognition is also human. You know, if you, 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 you're at home, your wife comes in the door and goes straight into the bedroom and shuts the door, you're going to go, okay, um, emotionally speaking, I need to lock and load. This is going to be one of those nights. Or you're a little kid. <laughs> your little kid comes to you and your little kid's got chocolate all over their face and there's, you know, cookies that are not to be ate, or I almost said et. You got cookies that were not to be et and they've got chocolate over their face and you say, did you eat the cookies? And your child says, what? <laughs> you know that when they say that, what? You know that that's a formulating an answer. It's a, should I lie to my dad or my mom? Pattern recognition is very powerful. It is a scientific thing. We're all scientists, right? We can all observe a thing and create a thesis and then test the thesis, even if it's informal, right? You test the thesis with your kid if the cookies are gone and you have chocolate on your face. You test the thesis with your wife by knocking in the door. Hi, honey, is everything fine? Or, hi, honey, how are you? I'm fine. Ah, uh, you're not. I once spoke about pattern recognition on on Russia's radio show, God rest them. And it was when the COVID response had become utter hoaxville, which is three days in, at least, or maybe even earlier. And I mentioned the the the, the patterns, the departure from scientific rigor. I mentioned the departure from what deaths meant and how they're counted in cases. And I said, these are patterns that go to one thing. That is, they're trying to make COVID look worse. Because when you can see a consistent pattern, you know, every time my wife goes to this place, she comes home upset. Every time, you know, uh, I, I, every time I take this exit, it takes me twice as long to get to work. Every time they related something to COVID, it was to make it look worse. And so I explained this on Russia's program. And the CNN Blue Checks wrote something. 
Like this guy's pretending to be a scientist because he can recognize patterns in his shirt or something, sort of that starky. But this is a powerful tool God has given us. And it goes to today's topic. When they announced the new variant, you probably instantly said, oh my gosh. Well, here we go again. But you probably had friends say, oh my gosh, I need to get a booster. Oh my gosh, we need to put the masks back on. I've even seen it in North Idaho. I've seen more masks since the mockingbirds have told people to be afraid of the virus. Afraid of the, not the mutation, but the, uh, the, the new form of the virus. The variation. Flus variate all the time. So I'm even seeing this in North Idaho. There's very few masks here. How do people get to this point? How do they get to the point where they can't see it? How frustrating is that for you? How frustrating it is to see people still believe that the party has their best interests at heart. Well, I want to start at the top of this. Not, not the tip top, not, 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 not God. I want, to, I want to start the opposite of God in, in Washington, D.C. And I want to start with the blindness of the elites. There's good news wrapped up in this. There was a book called What D.C. Gets Wrong. It's a terrific book. And what some pollsters did is instead of polling the American people about what goes on in Washington, D.C., they instead turned the polls on the residents of Washington, D.C. And they said to the residents of Washington, D.C., what's going on in America? And this was a masterstroke. So what they asked were some easily verifiable questions. What percentage of Americans own homes? Well, the D.C. creatures thought it was much lower than it is because they think, you and I, well, we're all just bitter-clinging idiots crawling around, you know, eating scraps of tossed-away pizza out of the dirt. Or stopping into our 7-Eleven to beg for day-old nachos. And ain't that, that, there's nothing wrong with day-old nachos. You know, sometimes they're better. Like, don't, and by the way, don't come to me about put pizza in the fridge. No, you get a box of pizza at night. You don't put it in the fridge. That completely hardens the pizza. Don't come to me with that. You're back on track. Washington, D.C., they asked them, what percentage of people have a bank account or savings account? What percentage of people have a retirement plan? How many people are gay? What percentage of the country is gay? And they came back and said, oh, it's like 30%. It's, it's not. It, maybe one day, as they're pushing it through the schools, people will identify that way. That's, that's certainly the goal of the party. So it starts with this, with a blindness from Washington, D.C. There are people in D.C. who are evil, and they're doing evil. I believe Barack Obama does evil. I don't know that he is evil, but he does evil. I believe that Nancy Pelosi is evil. So she's one of the people who I think knows exactly what she's doing. I know she, I think she knows she's breaking people's minds when she doesn't wear a mask at a salon. I think she knows that's a feature, not a bug. So she made a lame excuse about this. I think she knows she's taxing the country into oblivion. I think she knows that abortion is evil, but it buys her power. But a level down from the Pelosi's or the Obamas, and again, I don't know that Obama's evil. I just, I believe he does evil. A level down from that are these elites, and they are blind. And they are blind because they have such high regard for themselves and for their clique 
and for their fellow academians. So when they hear someone who has been in D.C. for 30 years, like a Tony Fauci, and Tony Fauci changes his opinion on a day-to-day basis, they can't see that. They can't see the inconsistency because they see the shine. They can't see that it's stolen because they see the opportunity to have something big for themselves. Same with the circles of media. There are people in media who are doing evil, and they know they're doing evil, and they know they're lying, and they know they're fostering racism, and they know they're splitting the country apart, and they knew that Russia was a lie, and they know that it was to take a president down, and they know these things, and then a layer down from that, there are people who think, well, wait a minute, it's, I, I work with all the smart people. I have all the smart people on. How do you know they're smart? Well, because they've got money. They're only a step down from what D.C. gets wrong. The blindness of the elites is this. My fellow elites say, therefore, it is. Now, this has roots. It has historical roots. It has biblical roots. In Romans 1, Paul talks about the fact that people gave in to their own intelligence that they they became so enamored with their own way of thinking, that they became so enamored with thinking they were the special ones, that they, that they, they, he says it this way, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. And although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and and being in birds and animals and reptiles. And therefore, God gave them over in their sinful desires of their heart to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is ever praised. Amen. They worshiped the creator, pardon me, the created, instead of the creator. Yesterday, we talked about a guy who thinks he's a dragon. He has created himself. Yesterday, we talked about Tony Fauci saying, I am science. I am science itself. I am the word. I am all the science books. I am all the facts. I am all chromosomes. The blindness of the elites is that they worship themselves. They worship their bank accounts. They worship the laws and the diktats that they pass and create and push down upon us. They worship their fellow elites. And they worship the created. But the layer down from them to us, how does this work? How does it end up with our friends and family unable to see the same things. Here's my view on this. It goes back to what is truth. It goes back to what is the pillar of truth. Go to the variant. When the variant was announced, we had Fauci come out and say, well, we we haven't studied it. it. It hasn't been isolated yet. But you should go get a booster shot and maybe a couple more. And if they'll give you one, maybe take some home to snack on while you watch the movie Fauci, which is on, it's, it's on one of the, it's on Netflix. 
Uh, and and I get I just watch that and there's beautiful pictures of me in it and maybe have some boosters, maybe just boost each other. That's a family activity, right? So the people who are influenced by the elites have been taught that it is the elites whom they should copy and they've had truth removed from them. They've had an inability to measure truth, to arrive at truth. Let's test the thesis. Are there boys and girls? No. People internally know that's a lie. But they've been so beaten down that they can't call it a lie. Is racism racism? Yes. Well, unless it's directed against white people and then it's not racism. Well, hold on. Racism isn't racism? That these thoughts can exist, that people can view the world this way, is a sign of something we talk about a lot on the program. It's a sign of this trauma. But it's a sign of something else. It's a sign of a missing establishment of truth, a missing pillar, a missing floor. And this is our fault. By moving away from God's truth, by moving away from the testing of God's word, from the balancing of things against God's word, we invite into this now the invention of truth. Which gets us to the question, how is it that people can't see? Because people have been robbed of the ability to see. Because over time, the party has robbed them of the ability to appreciate and absorb absolute truth. By etching away at absolute truth through academia, through the media, through guilt, through shame, Through phrases like homophobia, that's a made-up word. There are people who believe that homosexuality is a sin. There is a Bible that says adultery and bestiality and homosexuality are sins. That's what it says in the Bible. That does not convert to fear. No one talks about the fear of of, of, uh, a fear of a woman chaser or a, a, a man chaser, or, 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 or adulterers, or adulteresses. There's no fear of that. What has happened in American society is the creation of these magic phrases and managed words like phobia. You are afraid. It's a shame word. It's same thing with transphobia. Same thing with the anti, you're, a, you're an anti-vaxxer. You're a you're a climate change denier. You're a climate denier. These words are what cause our friends and family to not be able to see. And the omnipresent pushing and prodding of the people in the elite and their demonstration of dominance and their departure from truth. And so how do we help them return? Some of them we can't. Some of them are so far gone we can never get them back. We can pray for them. The ones that aren't that far gone yet. So what I want to talk about as we wrap this up. Question. 
Why are you afraid? This is a question that we don't ask our loved ones enough when it's related to, for instance, let's just take the easy one, the COVID. Why are you afraid? It's a simple question. And if it's asked in a loving basis, in that construct would go something like this. You know, I am so sad that, that this, this has been so scary for you. And I want to understand. I really do. Can you help me understand how, what is it that is so scary about this? I'm not saying that you shouldn't be scared. I'm asking you, what is it that's so scary? If you get an honest response from this, it opens the door for you to listen and consume. So maybe the answer is, why am I scared? I, like Long COVID? I don't want to spend the next two years dealing with long COVID or, or my kids getting sick or, or uh, giving this to my grandma. It gives you an opportunity to be the person to say, yeah, right, really caring about another, really being concerned about another. I think that's super valid. May I offer you this? And again, it's just a question. Why weren't you afraid of the flu? Why did the flu not cause you similar fear? And maybe there's something I don't understand about it. My understanding is the flu kills as many people as COVID. That's, that's my understanding. Why were you not afraid of the flu? And delivered in a loving way delivered in a way maybe to give them some space maybe the space is this you know can i ask you to just think about to ponder something maybe just for our relationship there were about eight hundred thousand people who you know were hospitalized for the flu three years ago why weren't you afraid then have you thought about that and maybe offering this to people maybe offering to people who are zealots about, let's say, critical race theory. They have friends who are saying, or, or contacts, or people at work. Well, I don't know. I just know we need to do something about racism. I just know that I don't want to be racist, so I'm going to be an anti-racist. Maybe it's just this. Maybe it's just this. Hey, can you help me understand how I have been racist? Aim it at yourself. Aim it as an opportunity to say to them, point it at me. Evaluate me. Particularly if it's someone with whom you're close. How have I been racist? What have I done? Not in an accusing way. What the heck have I done? But in an exploring way. Can you help me understand my racism and what I have done that's racist? The the fact that our friends can't see this, that our family members can't see this, is f infuriating. It makes me want to hate the party. It makes me want to destroy the party. It makes me want to lash out in, in a, a number of ways that I'm not going to. But instead, I offer this thought. As we get better at reaching out emotionally to people, reaching out like this, and formulating things this way, they have an opportunity then to compare us to the talking heads, the elite, and what their preconceived notion of us is. They have an opportunity to experience love. They have an opportunity to experience someone genuinely curious. That's the only way we get past the trauma. 
do not re-traumatize the traumatized. Instead, be the people that provide this love. I received a note from a gentleman in Boise, Idaho. And he wrote to say, Dear Todd, his name is Mark. Dear Todd, I listened to the first podcast. You certainly kept your promise. It is very God-centered. I'm going to tell you, I think you're going to have a smaller audience, maybe much smaller, maybe far smaller than you've had in many, many years. I wonder if you are prepared for this smaller audience. And the reason I say that is so many people are afraid to hear what you're saying or will be offended by it. My question for you is, are you prepared for a smaller audience? My secondary question is, are you aware of how many people are being brought closer to the Lord by comparing today's politics to yesterday's biblical reality? You can count me as one of them. When I began listening to the podcast yesterday, for about 10 minutes, I was completely uncomfortable with speeches of Satan, and it sounded very fire and brimstone. As you began to compare it to today, something sunk in me. How have I not seen this? I hope that you'll address on your podcast how people haven't seen this. Maybe someday in the future. I appreciate the work you're doing and that you're following the thing that God tells you you should do as you hear it from him. Mark in Boise, Idaho. Mark, you just determined the path of today's show. The reason we spoke about it was because of that note. Because how could I not see something? I am used to having a podcast that's in the top 200 for news all around the country. Sometimes the top 10 for local talk radio shows. And I know where that came from. It is hard for me to come into this with a smaller audience. But the notes that I've seen from people and notes of support like that and the fact that I recognize the names of so many people who've signed up for our Substack, of so many people who've signed up for the initial podcast, even as we wait for Apple to approve things, as I recognize the names, I recognize something. These are the same people who got the first program rolling out of Seattle. These are so many of the same people who were first to join us when they first heard us on Rush Limbaugh's show. This is the same base of people who grew the program into what it was. How can I not see that God has already provided the very same people who built it last time are here? How did I not see that? How did I get focused on the big number when what I should be focused on is the people who joined with me to build this last time? In my case, I don't think it's the blindness of the elite. I think it's the blindness of the A-type personality. I want it now. Instead, you know what I want? I want the audience here that God determines should be here so that we can all turn this around and reform America to be a godly nation. Thank you for being part of this new round of the Todd Herman Show. Now, go be well, be strong, be kind, and be right with God.